While the contents of the exam can vary by state and jurisdiction, the process of evidence collection can essentially be broken down into the following steps. The first step involves obtaining an oral specimen, which means it is important for the medical staff and advocate to encourage the survivor to not eat or drink any liquids before. The second step is to examine the survivor's clothing for any stains, tears or debris. Debris can be collected as trace evidence but only with the survivor's consent and only clothing that is necessary for evidence should be taken. Each item is placed, sealed and labelled in a separate paper bag. The examiner will conduct a general physical exam looking for injuries such as bruising, bite marks, swelling, lacerations or redness. Some common injury sites include the neck, breasts, scalp, thighs, arms and wrists. In the event that they can provide clear evidence of injury, photographs should be taken. Swaps should also be taken for any suspected dried secretion. Perpetrators often use substances such as acid or alcohol to erase any and all DNA samples, making it difficult for pathological testing. Fingernail scrapings are also collected in the event that evidence from the assault has accumulated under the survivor's nails. This can include skin, saliva or hair from the perpetrator or other debris. Pubic hair combings and pulled hair are recommended but controversial for the trauma they may further cause to the survivor. Again, the final decision on whether or not to do these steps rests only with the survivor. A buccal specimen is taken from the inside of the survivor's cheek as DNA control sample when analysing the kit. While not a part of the grape kit itself, blood samples can be taken for medical reasons such as for STI and pregnancy testing and are often taken after the rape kit to minimise the time and trauma for the survivor. The kit can be conducted within about 96 hours of the assault regardless of whether or not the survivor wants to move forward legally. In addition, the survivor can opt to have a medical exam and undergo appropriate treatment but still say no to a rape kit. Medical attention and the rape kit are not mutually exclusive. The first medical action is the use of a rape kit. A rape kit or a sexual assault kit is a sexual assault forensic exam. The kit itself refers to a collection of items including checklists and materials that are used to collect samples and store evidence from preliminary medical examinations conducted right after a complaint or accusation of sexual assault. The components of rape kits vary from country to country and even differ between various jurisdictions within a country. However, the basic universal components of a rape kit include clear instructions to survivor with regards to what they can or cannot do, bags and paper sheets for evidence collection, comb with fine teeth to collect evidence in hair or pubic hair, documentation forms, envelopes, materials for blood samples, cotton swabs. The person conducting the exam is usually a sexual assault nurse examiner, but all medical professionals are given the authority to perform the exam. The sexual assault nurse examiner works with the entire... The sexual assault nurse examiner works with the sexual assault response team. The entire exam can take from 4 to 6 hours and the survivor is in control the entire time with support from a trained rape crisis advocate. 
the survivor is informed about each step of the exam in detail before it is conducted and can choose to skip a step to gain more perspective we spoke to a criminal lawyer siddharth patel who told us more about the process
So why would she fight the false arrest? Next, initially rape of man or same-sex sexual relationships were criminalized under Section 377. But now that it has been abolished, what are the laws regarding the rape of men today? And how can you prove someone guilty if he or she has been accused of raping a man? as of today there is other than 377 there is no other section right. actually because 376 uh, if you see 376 it says a man is said to commit rape so the section only starts with a man it is not uh, uh, both yeah. uh, man and woman so uh, if a man is raped actually as of today there is no law so uh, uh, at least not under 375 maybe under some lesser offense mm-hmm. 323 324 yeah. something like that he can be held up uh, the lady can be ordered, but uh, under 375, 376, it will be difficult, I- impossible rather, because the section itself is worded in such a manner that a man is said to commit rape if he does so and so things. Okay. So there is nothing if the woman does it. So have there been cases regarding the rape of men? I have at least not come across such a case till now in my practice at least. Okay. But uh, you come, you read in the papers that such cases. Mm. See, many times men also probably don't go and find such cases. So, it's very rare that any such case has been filed. I don't, I have not come across any such case actually. What, uh, why are the punishments given to the accused varying in nature when the crime is committed against victims of different ages, but the act remains the same? Uh, See, uh, if you read the section, uh, there are different punishment for the simple reason that uh, sometimes uh, if it is a say a married woman and uh, she is uh, raped uh, but maybe because she is habituated I, the offense is the same but it's a lesser offense but uh, if it is a minor girl there are various instances given that if it is a minor girl or uh, if she is intoxicated and then uh, rape takes place or uh, certain cases like where the policeman there is a specific section which says that any uh, policeman commits a rape then it's a more heinous crime because ultimately he's uh, the victim is in his custody he has to protect her and then he still goes ahead and commits rape then uh, the punishment which is prescribed is more because it says 20 years uh, is what uh, is prescribed similarly uh, they have given uh, separate uh, 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 more severe punishment for government servants than staff of uh, jails, remand homes, then staff of hospitals because these people are supposed to be protecting the victim and if they only go ahead and uh, again commit a rape then it is a more heinous crime and that is why severe, more severe punishment is I think yesterday's paper somewhere uh, there was something there was some PSI or somebody uh, went ahead and raped a rape victim only who had come to I think he's on the run right now, he's not been arrested so somewhere in Nasik or somewhere in Abel. Just yesterday I think it was reported. What is the strongest evidence for cases like these? For rape cases the strongest evidence is of course medical. Yeah. Because uh, if the medical shows a uh, recent history of sexual abuse or it uh, shows uh, that suppose it's a, a virgin and there is a uh, such an incident then it will obviously show so I would say the medical history and medical reports which are produced by the prosecution that is the strongest evidence uh, other than that the second strongest I would say is the forensic 
because if the clothes are kept intact after the incident and they are sent to forensic and uh, maybe if they are matched with the uh, dna sample of the accused and if it matches then that is very conclusive dna matching is conclusive so these two evidences are i would say the best possible evidences in these sort of cases um, my last question do you believe the recent amendment made to section 376 of ipc criminal procedure code in indian evidence act has strengthened the rape laws in india do you believe there enough yeah of course they have strengthened because first of all the punishment has been increased uh, though if you read the papers every day there is no uh, i would say the there is no decrease in the cases which are being filed uh in fact more cases are coming across uh, nowadays uh in fact uh, in view of this uh, me too uh, what uh, i would say what is a movement i think more cases are being filed uh, uh of course the law has been strengthened because uh, now uh first of all only on the basis of the uh, statement of the prosecutrix uh, conviction can take place so it doesn't have to have any corroboration in the sense uh, any witness eyewitness or even your say evidence even that is not required only on the basis of the uh, statement of the prosecutrix uh, prosec- uh, conviction is possible uh see uh, as far as whether more stringent uh law or whatever procedure is to should be adopted uh i would say we have so many laws first of all and in spite of strengthening the laws or having so many laws crime is not coming down crime is increasing so i would say uh, i don't know whether really by uh, increasing the laws or putting more stringent provisions whether the law uh, the crime will come down uh, i would say we more uh, i would say what the society itself uh should be uh, what would i say but the education uh, system which uh, we have should be maybe um, done in a better way the education and that way so maybe even if society uh, itself uh, decides and tasa ek gadun anla apan society there maybe it's possible that the crime will come down just strengthening the laws so that is why you come across uh, cases where uh, death penalty is being abolished mm-hmm. though we have it in india mm-hmm. um, many of the uh, countries have abolished death penalty because they have seen that uh, there is hardly any decrease in the crime in spite of having the death penalty so there was a argument that even for rape cases death penalty should be imposed but uh, we really have not come across cases where uh, crime has come down in fact crime crime is increasing only so even if we uh, strengthen the laws or have no severe punishment i don't think so really law, uh, crime is going to come down so that is it okay thank you so much as that's what you want